This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This autumn, Sky at Night magazine's Masterclass series returns with a new set of online talks all about stargazing. Over three sessions, we'll be joined by expert astronomers who'll talk us through a different aspect of observing, then stay on hand to answer all of your questions. On the 29th of September, learn how to navigate across the stars and constellations. Then, take a tour of the moon as we get to grips with the lunar landscape on the 27th of October. And finally, check in with the neighbours on the 1st of December and learn how to observe the planets. And if those dates don't work for you, don't worry. They'll all be available on demand after the talk. Tickets cost £15 each, or you can save yourself £9 by getting all three at once. Visit skyatnightmagazine.com and click on the virtual events tab at the top of the page for more details and to book your tickets now. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, a weekly guide to the best things to see in the Northern Hemisphere's night sky. In this episode, we'll be covering the coming week from the 19th to the 25th of September. I'm Ezzie Pearson, the magazine's features editor, and I'm joined on the podcast today by reviews editor Paul Money. Hello, Paul. Now then, Ezzie. Getting towards the end of September. Can't believe September's over so quick. Good mm-hmm. grief. Where's I it know. gone? <laughs> so what are your top tips for saying goodbye to September this week? Well, we're in the morning sky for most of this week, in actual fact, because mainly we're following the moon. and A lot of the events are taking place, you know, associated with the moon. So it's good if you're an insomniac. <laughs> it's following the morning sky. Now, we start off with the moon lying above Mibsuta. I can never pronounce that one. Mibsuta. Mibsuta? Mibsuta. <laughs> Which is Epsilon Geminorum, magnitude three. That's on the 19th. Now... They, then lies the right of Pollux and Capageminorum on the 20th. Now, I always find, I find this issue because it also forms a triangle. If you take Castor and Pollux and the moon, it forms a triangle. But in between Castor, uh, sorry, Pollux and uh, the moon, you've got this little star Kappa. And it always gets missed off because we're generally always mentioning, oh, yes, Castor and Pollux and the moon. And often mm-hmm. forget that actually, you know, the Kappa's there as well, sort of thing, to, to observe. So if you hunting around binoculars and looking at the moon as a crescent now, then you come across an extra star and think, why didn't they mention that star? Well, actually, there'll be plenty of other stars in the field of view as well, because it's mm-hmm. quite a rich area. You've got the Milky Way running through it as well. But there we are, sort of thing. So, again, following the moon as it goes to a thinner and thinner crescent. Now, on the 21st, that slim crescent moon lies several degrees above the beehive cluster. This is Messier 44. It's in Cancer. Oh, crap. Now, the thing about this is that the moon's a crescent, so there isn't as much light. Now, if this was full moon, it would completely sort of like blow out the cluster. You wouldn't be able to see the beehive 
barely, barely. You'd have to have a telescope to spot it. When it's a crescent, there isn't as much light flooding the sky. So you've got a chance to see this crescent moon with the actual cluster directly below it. Because I always love this cluster sort of thing. It and Messi 45, you know, it's definitely two of my favourite clusters, I have to say. Now, the crescent moon is moving down from Cancer into Leo. So we need to be around about five o'clock in the morning. Yes, I know, silly hour again sort of thing. But that's, that's the way it runs, isn't it, really? And the moon on the 23rd lies right below the star Eta Leonis. Now, Regulus is usually the one we mention. In fact, we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago about Venus being close to Regulus in bright twilight. Well, the thing about this is that Leo is getting higher, whereas Venus is dropping back into the solar glare, Leo is steadily pulling out from that glare, so we're seeing it in dark skies. So at 5 a.m., because the sky is getting darker, we're heading towards, of course, we're in autumn now, so we're heading towards, in actual fact, winter soon. Gosh, that's coming around quick. That's not fair, is it? It's winter soon. Be cold. Mm. But, the, <laughs> but think of the crisp, clear but nights. Crisp nights are always great. <laughs> exactly. So the 23rd is also the autumn equinox. That's for the northern hemisphere. And, of course, it's the spring equinox for the southern hemisphere. So for us, autumn now officially begins. There's a there's a bit of an interesting thing, because the weathermen, for meteorological purposes, they like to use the first of the month. So the first of September, mm-hmm. meteorologically, is classed as autumn. But the original meaning was in actual the astronomical meaning, which is the autumn equinox occurring on the 23rd. So autumn now, we can honestly say, has officially begun. And I say the moon's nectar eater Leonis as well this morning, so well worth having a look at that. So, moving on from the 23rd to the 25th for our final object, and fancy a challenge? Always fancy a challenge. We always fancy a challenge, don't we? Now, we mentioned the other week, Venus next to Regulus. In bright twilight. Well, Venus is still in the twilight. It's getting deeper into that twilight. So the thing about this, though, is that Venus is bright. So you usually can see it quite well as long as it's above the horizon. However, the challenge here is not Venus. I mean, that's the easy one. But Venus guides you to a really, really slim crescent moon. We are talking about them only two degrees above the horizon. So again, we've got to emphasize you need an uncluttered, clear horizon. Hopefully there's no mist, early morning mist taking place as all a low haze, because that would spoil it. Don't watch for too long, because again, we don't want you catching the sun. The sun is only eight degrees away from the moon and Venus. So this is a challenge. Pete makes a point of this in the September issue as well, sort of thing, that don't Mm -hmm. get, don't observe too long. Grab it and then finish. So the ultra warning there about the sun, but it's worth it. Always check what time the sun's going to rise if you're going to be observing uh, Venus or Mercury in the mornings. Definitely, without a doubt. You can't, not worth risking your eyesight for something like this. But if you do spot the Venus, you should spot the crescent moon if you're using binoculars. Ten by fifty binoculars should do it. It's just 0.6 of a percent illumination. I mean, that is incredibly thin. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually seen a moon that thin myself. Well, mm-hmm. the thinnest moon I've seen is a total eclipse of the sun, so that technically <laughs> the, the thinnest moon you can have into it. Quite counts. <laughs> but the beauty is you've got Venus to guide you to it, and mm. that's the thing. But it will be a challenge in this bright, 
morning twilight. So I say, be very careful. I have it set for me for around about 6.30 in the morning. But time will vary depending on where you are in the UK. Yeah. And obviously at that time in some places, the the sun will have already risen. So do take care. As you mentioned, Daisy, work out your own local sun, sunrise time and go for that. But get it before the sun rises. But there you are. I like a challenge. Yeah. And also make sure when you're working out the sunrise, you leave a good healthy margin on either side to, to make sure that you, you definitely look away in time. But yes. Exactly. Yes, it certainly sounds like there are some interesting things to see this week. So to recap, we have got the autumn equinox on the 23rd of September, when the night and the day will be equal in length. And then we also will have the slim crescent moon making its appearance and moving throughout the sky throughout the week. You might even have a good chance to see some earth shine. We hope you do. And if that's given you lots of great things to see this week, and you want to make sure that you're keeping up to date with everything that's in the night sky every week, be sure to subscribe to the Star Diary podcast, and we hope to see you here next week. So thank you very much for joining us today, Paul. My pleasure, Ezzy, and look forward to seeing you next week. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our sky guide has got you covered with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 